Our scripture reading today comes from Matthew's Gospel, the 11th chapter, beginning with the second verse. Would you stand for the reading of God's holy word? When John the Baptist heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and and said to him, "Are, are you the one who is to come? Or or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense in me. And they went away. Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What what then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal places. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, Jesus said, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, we have heard Isaiah speak to us about the light of hope and the light of peace through beautiful, powerful words in imagery, last week we heard through the story of Mary, how God chose Mary to let the light of love shine through her and into the world. And today we turn to Matthew's gospel and the story of John the Baptist and how in that story we meet perhaps the strangest harbinger of joy we could ever meet. It's an interesting story, but joy plays a big part in it. What is your image of pure joy? What do you think of when you think of joy? I think of a little kid about this old, however old that is, that sees someone or something, maybe a parent or a grandparent or a puppy or something they really wanted, and they're so overcome with joy that they just, they stomp their feet and they clap their hands and they cry or they yell. They just can't do anything but be overwhelmed with joy. That to me is pure joy. I'm blessed as a pastor to be with people in a lot of moments of joy in their life. The birth of a child, to see what that means in the life of that couple and then the parents of those grandparents, 
how that moment of joy just transforms everything for a moment. Pastors get to see moments of joy like that when they walk beside people who have had a bad diagnosis from the doctor and they undergo treatment or have surgery, then they hear words like in remission or successful procedure and the joy that floods that life and all who love them is a moment of pure joy. The joy of seeing a family reunited when an estranged child returns home or that joy in the eyes of someone who feels that finally a long prayed prayer has finally been heard and answered. There are moments of joy all around us. I remember once I had a frantic phone call from a, a young mother in our church, a single mother, who called to say that her teenage daughter had run away from home. And she wanted to know if I would pray for her. And I said, yes. Then she said, have you ever heard her say anything at youth group or in a Bible study class, something that might give me an idea of where she might be? And then she said, would you help look for her? And so I did. And I called another member of the church and we took off and we were looking for this teenager. I'll never forget the joy when she showed up back at home. I saw that in her mother's face, and I realized in my own life, I don't know if I could be any more joyful if she'd been my daughter. That joy of someone who was lost being found. Joy sometimes comes through the hardest times and through the strangest of circumstances. That's the nature of joy. And when we look at Matthew's story of John the Baptist, it's a story that begins in joy. His priest father, Zechariah, and his mother, Elizabeth, way too old to have a kid, had prayed and longed to have a child all their lives. Suddenly, they do. What joy that must have been in their life. And not only did they finally have a child that they so wanted to have, they had a child who had a special calling of God upon his life. Joy begins his story. Quickly, John grows up and he heads out into the wilderness, the rugged countryside along the Jordan River, and he begins to preach. Matthew tells us that he wears the rough robe made out of camel's hair, and that he eats locusts and wild honey. John is the prototype prophet after a centuries-long drought of prophets. He's the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy that there would come one who would prepare the way for the Messiah. And John did that. He preached, repent, for the kingdom of heaven draws near. Now, this call to repentance could be joyful news or not so joyful news. 
depending on who you were and what your expectations of the kingdom were and what your view of yourself was. But people came, and they came from all over, Matthew says, to hear John preach and to confess their sins and to be baptized. These were folks who knew joy. They knew they were known by God and that they were forgiven by God and that they were loved by God. And there's no greater joy for any of us in our life than to know that. But one day John looked up and he saw in the crowd some Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious power brokers, the religious authorities. And it's interesting, Matthew doesn't say they came to hear him preach and confess their sins and be baptized. Matthew says, those folks just came to be baptized. It was the thing to do. Anybody's anybody was getting baptized by John. John does not give them a very joyful invitation. There was no, hey, good to see you. This was not me and Milton standing out in front of the church on Sunday morning. John's greeting was, you brood of vipers. You bunch of snakes in the grass. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Go show some fruit worthy of repentance. Come back and see me. Just because you're sons of Abraham, just because you have the pedigree and the position, doesn't mean you are right with God. In fact, all those trees that don't bear good fruit, the axe is already swinging. It's going to be cut down. You'll be tossed in the fire. Well, Merry Christmas to you too, John. It's not very joyful, is it? Those powerful words that he preached to them. It's not about who you are. It's not about where you've been. It's not about your pedigree and spirituality. It's about knowing your need and knowing that God has met your need. That's the only way to find joy. John was saying there's no light of joy in the coming of Jesus for those who don't really want the kingdom to come or who want to control what the kingdom looks like when it comes or who wants the kingdom to come as long as it doesn't change anything, especially me. Right? The kingdom is joy when you hear it as an invitation. Then Matthew tells us Jesus comes out to see John to be baptized, and John says, No, I think it should be the other way around, and Jesus convinces him to baptize him. And then John knows the joy of seeing the Spirit descend like a dove upon Jesus and a voice from heaven say, this is my Son. And so John goes on with his ministry with his disciples and Jesus begins his ministry with his disciples until John is arrested and thrown into prison. And that's where our text, our reading picked up today. John sitting in prison 
knowing that the end is near. And he sends his disciples to Jesus and says, go ask him, are you the one or are we to look for another? Let's not be too hard on John for feeling the way he's feeling. You see, John had his own expectations of what the kingdom was going to look like and what the Messiah would say and do. Remember, his vision of it was all kinds of fiery judgment. And here's Jesus, all compassion. He's also in prison. Looking back at his life, he's got a lot of time on his hands. And he wants some affirmation that he was right. (laughs) That he had been faithful, that he didn't get it wrong, that Jesus really was the Messiah. And Jesus, in this wonderful Jesus way, refuses to give a straight answer, (laughs) even to John. But he gives an answer that's so much better than a simple, I am he. He tells John's disciples to go back and tell him what you see and what you hear. And what a joyful list of things that is. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor people hear good news. You see, Jesus wanted John to be able to see the kingdom through the light of joy and know the joy of what God was doing in the world even while he sat in prison. God was at work. And I have no doubt he found that joy in the report from his disciples. Then Jesus says to his disciples, looking back through time, there's never been anybody greater than John. But looking forward, Jesus says, the least is greater than that. The best is yet to be. What God is doing now is beyond your imagination. It is a time and a future filled with joy. Looking forward, Jesus says, is great joy. That is the light of joy during this season. Forward. The good news is we're not defined by our past. The good news is God isn't limited by the past. The light of joy shines into the world to let all of us know that we are known by God and that we are forgiven by God and we are loved by God by God and that no matter what is happening in this world or what's happening in our life we can know joy that is the gift of the season 
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.